I learned from that. Like all that training is not lost. All that nutrition that I've been through and all the heavy weight mentally, I know how to get through that. I know that it did not work for me. And like, that's okay, but I learned from it. Life still goes on. And yeah, it might not have, like, you know, might not have helped you then, but like, it's going to help you on later on, you know? Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. My mission, my goal, my duty is to interview people who are following their passion and doing what they love while making a living out of it. I believe that finding your passion is one of the biggest goals we should work towards and this podcast is a tool. It's a tool to help people on that journey. In this day and age, you can pretty much make a career out of whatever you want and in this podcast, I bring on individuals from all walks of life who are doing exactly that. I interview people from many different backgrounds and I try to dissect and understand what it's really like to be in that particular career talking about the challenges, the tools, the resources, and the lessons learned along the way. In this week's episode, we are joined by Shane Ryan, who is an Olympic swimmer. Shane is an American-born swimmer who competes internationally for Ireland. He competed in the 2016 Olympics where he swam in the 100-meter backstroke, and Shane made history in 2018 when he became Ireland's first-ever world championship medalist, where he got a bronze in the 50-meter backstroke. He also won a bronze in both the 2018 and 2019 European Championships where he competed in the 50 meter backstroke. In this episode, some of the things we discuss are how he trains on a daily basis, the power of visualization, his mindset, how coronavirus has impacted his training and much, much more. You can find him on Instagram by searching Shane Ryan Ollie. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And just before we begin, do you mind leaving a short review on Apple Podcast? And this will help the podcast grow in so many ways, and I would really, really appreciate the support. I've included the Apple Podcast link in the episode description, or you can simply search Chasing Passion on Apple Podcast, and you'll find it right there. This will literally take less than 60 seconds, and if you could leave your honest feedback in the form of a star or maybe a few short words, it will be super, super helpful. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And without further ado, please enjoy the episode with Shane Ryan. Shane, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. So I guess um, the first question I want to ask you is, can you just provide some context to the listeners about your background and who you are and what are you up to? Just to provide some context to the listeners. Yeah, so my name is uh, Shane Ryan. I am an Irish Olympic uh, swimmer for for Ireland, um, and you know, I was in the 2016 Rio Olympics. Uh, I was a semifinalist there for Ireland. Um, only just a handful of people have ever gotten to the semifinal for Ireland, which was a great honor for that. Um, I'm also a four-time medalist for Ireland as well. I'm a two two-time European medalist, the first ever Irish um, medal. For, in worlds and then also won world university games in 2016 uh, um and uh, basically yeah i'm a uh, irish sprinter so 50s hundreds and um yeah that's really that's, that's really about it amazing and like what actually got you into swimming in the first place like what did you always want to be a swimmer when you were a child um i guess um, yeah, what were you like as a kid 
Yeah, so I was a little a little crazy growing up. Um, so you can tell that like my my accent, I have a U.S. accent. Um, so I have dual citizenship with Ireland. Um, so I've always always swam, but I've always played other sports. I never gave swimming a really. I didn't really care about swimming at all <laughs> uh, until I was actually eighteen, um, which is quite late for for swimming and everything. But yeah, I, I played sports throughout my whole life. I played about like nine different sports growing up while swimming. Uh, my mom always just kept me in the water because, like, she swam. Uh, my dad, um, he was, like, a big Gaelic football player. So he's a um, – he was actually, like, like the Irish guy. Like, my dad's Tom Ryan. He's from um, County Leash in Port Arlington, and he's one out of ten. And he's the only one over in the United States. So I have a huge Irish family over here. So all nine of them live down Lee Road in Port Arlington, which is quite cool. And then on my mom's side, she's one out of eight, and she's all over in the U.S. side. But her grandfather uh, fought for the freedom of Ireland in 1916 Rising, and they're from Ballina and Mayo. So I have like a lot of a very very deep deep roots here. I just don't have the accent. <laughs> don't have the accent, you know. Um, but yeah, so it's it's great. But like you know, my dad he played moved over to the states um, back in like the late 80s and ended up meeting my mom he played he actually went over there played Gaelic football like he traveled to San Francisco New York Boston to play Gaelic football um and traveled the country and then he went to Philadelphia which where I was born and raised there and met my mom and um yeah so like I played Gaelic football growing up um, never played hurling which is that's one sport I wish I played so <laughs> I played lacrosse and that was kind of like it but the easier version um and yeah, no, it's just swimming was always just there. And so that was one thing I was always really good at. And I didn't really try too hard in it. And then like, you know, went through high school. Um, then I ended up like getting like full ride scholarships to colleges. And like, that's like $50,000 a year where like, I'm not paying anything, you know, I'm basically wow. getting paid, getting education, get the experience, get the race. Um, so I ended up like, you know, around my senior year, so I was like 18, 17 years old. I made the decision like to focus truly on swimming. And, you know, that's, and that's where kind of like everything went, went on from there. And like, I was always good. I was like first in the country and stuff, but like, I didn't really care, which is kind of crazy, but if I would have cared, maybe I would have been burnt out now. But like right now, my time, like before all the coronavirus, like I was absolutely enjoying swimming. It was the most I've ever enjoyed swimming in my entire life. And I'm 26 years old. So it's like, that's kind of crazy, you know, like I'm in yeah. like 26 in the best shape of my life. And I'm enjoying it like so much. Like I love going in and working hard. I love giving it everything I had. And I love seeing like, like the, you just saw the performance aspect of it come out. Like you can see it in the races that you do. And like, you can see how much hard, how hard you're racing or working. And then like being dead as well in practice, but then you get a good output at, at the end of the season. But luckily or unlucky, we, we couldn't get to see the output of it. Cause I was literally in the best shape. Like I wasn't going to like, qualify for like probably about three events for the olympics instead of just one this year wow yeah so crazy and then coronavirus happened oh my god <laughs> um and you know i'm quite surprised you said you were you picked it up at the age of seven well not nothing picked it up at the age of 17 or 18 you took it seriously at, at that age but um what was the transition there like why did you decide okay well first of all and were you always good at swimming before that age yeah, it was like it was okay. just easy i've always just like basically it was just the, always the best one breaking records left and right. And like, I did not care. We just didn't people, care. Okay. <laughs> yeah. People hated me because I just did not care. So just naturally good at swimming, which is, oh, it's amazing. 
Yeah. And like, I can tell now it's like, I can get in the water and I'll take three strokes. And like, I know exactly where like the practice is going to go. And like, that's it. Just three strokes. And I know where I'm at. And it's the same thing at a swimming, just three strokes. I know like my feel, it's just the way, the way I work, you know, it's crazy. Mm. And like, did you have any influences on your life? Um, you know, did anyone inspire you to take up swimming? Um, do you, do you look up to anyone in swimming? Um, um anyone like that? Yeah, like my mom. My mom's like my main, my main one because she's been through a lot. You know, her family's been through a lot, so she was always pushed in there. Like she held off. Like you know, she just got like her first real time job now. And, like she's like fifty five. Like she's working at our high school now. But she always made sure that like you know, my brother and my sister. I'm the oldest. I'm hmm. um, like we were like you no. Know, she took care of us. You know, she sacrificed a lot. So like she's like my big inspiration. Um, and then like you know, like I said, I didn't really care. So I didn't really have any like big figures of something like everyone knew who michael phelps was but like i was just doing it for like for myself you know like i needed to do it for myself because like my mom's put all this effort in she's like sacrificing you know her life her jobs and like all like her pension and all that stuff for me to be able to get like achieve what i needed to achieve and then we're like right around like 17 18 years old i was getting approached by colleges and i was like you know what like i need to make like a big boy decision here and like better my future and go to a school that's going to first get my there's a life after swimming i always say and you have to get your education, you know, because like swimming is like is a life sport, but competitive swimming, you're limited on that time. So you have to get your education. So I picked an amazing school with a great alumni association. I went to Penn State University. Um, and then like once I got there, like that's kind of where like my story really started beginning. And each year was just like something new, something better. And then, um, yeah, like I came out of college debt free, you know, and I got like almost six years, seven years out of out of them got a lot more than I expected out of them and you know I am who I am because of that and you picked you studied um nutrition management was it in college or um, nutrition? no so I ended up I ended up uh, switching um uh, that major so it's like kind of what I wanted to go into um but I ended up going into event management so I ended up like working with the Penn State athletic department like setting up like everything and the Penn State athletic department is kind of crazy because it's the most it's the biggest uh athletic department like in the whole country in the states mm. uh, like our football stadium for instance our record was a uh, hundred and twelve thousand people we've held a hundred wow. hundred and twelve thousand people like that's how big our stadium is like our football is wow. known american football is known for like things like our i didn't realize how good penn state was like we were winning like our conference championships ncaa ncaa championships just assuming wasn't as great because we didn't have like our pool was built in, like 1962 it was like an old pool but um, our athletic department was big. So it's like I ended up like setting up events, setting up NCAAs, setting up like Big Ten like meets and like going to the football game. Say if like a football game started at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon, I had to be there at 530 in the morning for a meeting. Like so like we had to prepare all day for it. And like it was yeah, it was just event management. It was the best thing ever. I loved it. You know, seeing the other side of sport, you know, being an athlete and just going in and competing. I got to see the other side of the athletic department, how the, how the meets are set up, what goes into it. And just, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool because now you have, like a, you have a like different perspective. Like, okay, so you're an athlete now, but you also see the behind the scenes, you know, you understand the process of, you know, organizing everything. So I think that's pretty cool. And, you know, yeah. you're you're a motivated, you're a driven guy. Um, but what keeps you motivated? Um, why do you say driven? What, what's, what's in uh, it? It's, it's, I mean, everyone has their own little reasons why, but for me, it's just like, it's for myself. It's just, I want to be better. I want to achieve better. It's like, you know, I see a guy 
you know, for instance, like my competitor, Ryan Murphy, and I grew up swimming against this guy and he has a world record in a hundred back, you know, and like I used to beat him and then like, he just got better. So now it's like, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm starting to get really, really better at what I, what I do. So it's like, I want to get up and try to be on the metal stand with him or beat him. And, um, it's just a personal thing. I just want to be better. I just want to be the best I can be, you know, for myself and like do the best I can for the country, you know? And like, it's the best scene, like the tricolor flag being raised. Cause we don't get to see it that often. And we haven't really got to see it that often, but now it's like starting to be a routine where I'm getting one or two medals every year. And we're starting to see that a little bit more. Now Mona McShay from like Sligo, she's starting to get medals now. Cause she's an amazing swimmer, you know, mm. and like our relays now are starting to like be absolutely amazing. Um, like our relays right now are like top 16 in the world, you know, and it's absolutely amazing. Um, and like two years ago, we wouldn't even thought of that, you know, and like, so it, everything it's more so personal, just trying to be the best I can be, you know, and leave everything out there. And like knowing where once I go look back at myself, I'm going to be like, all right, I didn't leave any stone unturned. You know, I just like, I did everything I could to like be the best I could be and take every opportunity, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a great mindset to have. And, you know, like, I'm pretty sure there's some days when you just don't feel like doing it. Maybe, maybe it isn't. Maybe, maybe that's not the case. But I can only oh, yeah, assume no, there's days. that there's days Whoever you just don't feel like doing it. like that or talking shite. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like, there's every, everyone goes through that. And, like, how do you deal with those days? What, what, what do you say to yourself? Do you have any, like, any, like, um... like, some days, like, you know, it depends on, like, where you are in your training phase, you know, like, you know, or depending on where you are. Like, my training phase could be a different, like, a part, in, a part in your life, in a normal life, you know. And, like, there are some days where you, like, you know, you are overwhelmed and you are, like, stressed out. And sometimes you just have to take that day, like, listen to your body, listen to your mind, let your body, like, just, like, if you don't want, like, if you put good work in, in like the like the whole like month or a quarter or something like that like take that day like don't say like oh i need to do this it's like you're going to get to it like you have to mentally take a step back realize what's going on and like prioritize what you need to be doing because you need to be mentally sound you need to be mentally strong especially right now for this it's like i said earlier um it's been 11 weeks since we've been on lockdown i live by myself in this place i haven't seen anyone i've known or even hugged anyone i've known or touched anyone i've known in 11 weeks like as a like like mentally like that's like i don't think anyone else has been going through that plus the olympics has got canceled plus i had my whole life got upturned you know and like um also just um like found out well not also found out like my mom and sister actually had the coronavirus in the states so dealing with that as well is like very, very hard where I can't leave the country to go take care of my mom and sister. They're fine now, which is good. But like, you know, hits hitting home, you know, like with the coronavirus, it's like it's very, very crazy on how everything is. But you need to sometimes take a step back and like do what you need to do mentally and like then just relax either going out for a walk going like, you know, in the, in the five mile radius or anything like that, you have to like take a step back, realize what's going on and mentally relax and then step back into it and like have a little plan involved, you know, set little goals, like wake up every morning, make your bed. That's one thing done. You know, you're going to be, yeah, it might be something stupid, but it's one thing done that you're already achieved in the whole day and you haven't really started your day. So I'm very big on like, you know, doing what you need to do mentally because it's like you're swimming and all mostly all sports are 90% mental and then 10% physical, you know? So that's kind of how I kind of view the mental side. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely.
And, you know, obviously the coronavirus has changed things around and it's very difficult to train and stuff like that. But what does your training look like at the moment? Because you've been out, you've been out of the water for eleven weeks, which is a very long time for a uh, for a swimmer. As long um, as I've ever been out of the water. Yeah, and how are you dealing with that? Like, yeah. how are you training and stuff like that? So, with Sport Ireland, it's been very, very good to us. We were able to grab like a barbell weights, sub ninety kgs worth of uh, barbell weights here with me at the house. Mm-hmm. I have two pairs of dumbbells. I have a pair of 25s and a pair of 30s here. Dumbbells so I can do bench and all that stuff with them as well. I got bands. I got like, you know, I got a stationary bike right there, which is like, you know, I'm on that almost every single day. And then I got like a couple mats where I can do core. So that's, that's really, that's really it. Like that's all, that's all we have. And like, you know, either I just go in my little back, back garden and do some of the stuff there or I'll do it inside if it's raining. So it's just like, that's really, that's really it. I used to go out on runs, um, but I stopped doing that because I had some like feet problems. <laughs> Summers out of waters aren't, aren't really great. I can sprint, but <laughs> going on like 10K, 10K runs. Yeah, it's, that's not, that's not for me. <laughs> so um, no, yeah, it's just been doing that, but mainly focusing on my nutrition. That's like, that's where like everything is. Everyone's, if you want like washboard abs, it's like, it's all, all in the kitchen. It's all, like just making sure you're on top of your nutrition. I did let myself go for two weeks, but yeah, you got to enjoy, you know, a little bit, but like, yeah, it's all, it's all about nutrition and like, you know, making sure you stay somewhat consistent with the routine that you had before the coronavirus and try to implement it into basically the coronavirus schedule now. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's basically how I've been dealing with all that. So I have two follow-up questions questions from yeah. that. So first of all, your training. How how much of your time is spent on training on a typical day during the coronavirus? Uh, probably about three hours a day. Three hours, okay. Yeah, so we're still pretty, you know, it's either one or two. It's like for today, I kind of like, you know, we don't, we had Zoom calls as well. So we have like a core session. We have a circuit session. So you, last week we did three uh, three circuits. Um, like this is my rest week, which is nice. But last week I had three core uh, circuits, um, and then also two lifts and then two core sessions. And then like about uh, three bike sessions. Um, I think that's, yeah, I think, that, I think that's it. Hmm. But like, it's also, it's like, you have to take care of nutrition. So I count that in and training as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, um, it's a lot, it's a lot of training <laughs> still. No. And yeah, about nutrition. Um, like, so what does your diet look like? Um, how do you how do you structure nutrition? Yeah, so I actually struggled with nutrition before, like before 2019 Worlds was in South Korea. I was almost 99 kg, which is like I'm six six by the way. <laughs> so I'm six six and 99 kg. Like, oh, it's like, oh, you're tall. Like, but like I was thick. I was a thick boy. They used to call like almost like. <laughs> the website for swimming it's called swim swim they called me someone called me sugar shane just like thick and even all my like old teammates you know they were like yo why are you so big right now (laughs) and like it was like i was on a like a nutritionist told me that i had to have like almost five meals a day and like two of them were like serious mass shakes which is like twelve thousand cal or 1200 calories in one go wow like yeah it was just not a good diet so i took it my the diet into my own hands and like, you know, just up the protein intake, lowered the meals, um, a lot of high vegetable intake, uh, better carbs. So like just rice, no more, I haven't had pasta forever. Um, and then even like the vegetable intake is just skyrocketed up and, you know, I got a steamer, 
So I'm like, you know, steaming my vegetables or like I got a grill as well. So I'll go out there and grill like, you know, shrimp or chicken. Um, I stay away from the steaks because I was having a lot of steaks as well. Um, but I try not to have as much red meat, try to eat red meat, like maybe once or twice a week, um, just for the iron, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of high vegetables, high protein, but like lean. So like shrimp and chicken are the main ones. Um, and then like, you know, having your sweet, like you can have like, if you 80% of your meals are pretty much good, like you can have like a little Snickers ice cream bar, or, you know, like sometimes I'll get the ice cream that has like, it's like only like out of the whole tub, it's like. 300 or 200 calories out of the whole tub but it's like a protein like ice cream which i found like a peanut butter one it's like, mm. so good <laughs> so it's just like making sure you like you enjoy as well you know because you can't just be on like a strict diet all the time it's like you kind of have to you know, like in my set in my case it's like i can eat well but also enjoy a little bit the here and there um but yeah even like staying off the alcohol because like that that also and like bloat you up big time as well and like also if you have alcohol you know, you go out on a night on a sesh, it's like you're going to take about like your glucose levels will take about a whole week for it to like regain back, which is wild, you know, and like, you know, you still feel the effects like three days after, you know, if you go out on a session and stuff like that. So I try to stay away from the alcohol as well. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's a little, little crazy, but like, you know, I'm doing well. I'm like, you know, I went from 99 kg to 93 kg um, and I was stronger faster and i was able to swim a lot more and like i could actually feel the weight and like everything about me i was sleeping better i was more energetic like i don't take naps anymore because of it um just i'm not carrying around like that extra like six six seven kg which is wild Hmm. and do you mind if we went into a few details in regards to nutrition because i'm very curious so when it comes to calories and when it comes to like your protein intake how much do you consume for me, I try to get above like 200, 200 grams a day of protein. A pro- mm-hmm. um, calorie intake, it depends on the day. You know, it depends on what's going on. Like sometimes I'll only have two meals a day because I'm not doing anything, like especially right now. But like they're good. Like I'll have like three chicken breasts and then half the plates like vegetables. And then like I'll just throw like a little bit of like um, like Japanese noodles in there or a little bit of rice mm. um, just for the carbs because you need carbs like, you know, to lose weight. You know, like that's like the fuel almost. Um, but yeah, calories, I don't really count calories anymore. I kind of just kind of threw that out the window cause I got too obsessed with it. And then, you know, it's just, you just eat well, like everyone knows how to be healthy. It's just maintaining that, you know? Um, but yeah, calories, I don't, I just kind of stopped counting calories. It's just pointless for me, at least I know what I need to eat. It's just, I just do it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like na- nature. If that makes any sense. No, it does. Yeah, trust your own intuition about it. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, do you have any nutritionist? Do you have any like people who tell you you need to eat this on a certain day, or do you kind of just make it up on the spot? Yeah, I mean, I've been through, I've been through it a lot. You know, like going through college, having like food, like being access to like bad food or good food. Been through there. You know, my weights have fluctuated so much, and like mm. you know, I've been through the worst. I've been really skinny. I've been depressed where like I wasn't eating as well. And like, so like, I know where I need to go. And I read a lot about, you know, if like I've seen an article online about nutrition, like I love reading stuff about that. I love informing about myself. And like the best thing, like one of the reasons why I'm the best at, in the world for swimming is because I'm, I'm a student of the sport, you know, like I love learning more about what I can do to make myself better. So I like, I'll look up like, you know, nutrition recipes or just like anything about like, you know, supplements I'm taking 
like what caffeine can do, what creatine can do, what beta adenine can do, how it affects it, what are the precursors of that, if there's something else I can take. So it's like, you know, I'm very informed of that. So I started like just like all my knowledge, common knowledge. I just kind of started learning about myself more too. I'm like, well, how I affect how my body is like affected about like, you know, eating shrimp for a week or eating chicken for a week or something like that and like playing around. So it's all depends on, you know, a nutritionist can tell you what you can do, right? Mm. But that might work for someone else, but it might not work for you. And it's the same thing with coaching. Coaching is just basically judging on what's going to work and what's not going to work. It's the same thing with nutrition. So, I mean, you need to find what works best for you. And I found what works best for me is just having high veg, low carb, high protein, you know, but I'm also a sprinter. So I need a higher protein to recover faster. I don't need as much carbs as the 200 guys, you know, cause they're, they're training 2k more than me every single day. And right. that adds up to be about like 10k a week where I'm not doing as much as they are, you know, and that's where the issue was when I was 99 kg, they were putting me on the nutrition stuff. That's like the 200 guys are where they're doing like 45, 50 K a week where I'm only doing about 25 K a week. So it, yeah, it varies, but it's all about, you know, what works for you, what works best and playing around and, you know, tempering, like, yeah, just playing around basically with nutrition. So, yeah. So like my, like my understanding is you kind of have to try yourself and you have to see what works. You have to do these little experiments to find out what works for you personally. And yeah, I love so what you mentioned. Yeah. And I love what you mentioned there with nutrition, um, like learning about nutrition and learning about training and learning about, you know, optimal performance. Because I like I think learning and just having a, the curiosity to learn more is mm-hmm. super, super important. And like you said, that's what that's what makes you stands out. That's what makes you stands out from other swimmers. So I'm curious to know uh, what are your favorite resources in terms of um, nutrition, in terms of like learning about these things? Uh, what are your go to resources? So it's like, you know, like I'll go on like, um, like bodybuilding.com. Like they always throw up like art articles up on there or like Instagram. Like you can follow a couple good pages on there. And like, you know, you can read through articles, read through certain posts and like what's good to eat in the morning, what's not good to eat in the morning. Um, and like, you know, what milk has effect on you, all that kind of crazy stuff. So they're kind of like, yeah. So it's like Instagram, like following healthy, the nutrition, like, you know, finding like, you know, new recipes on on instagram because like everyone's on instagram there's such a great access it's to be pointless not to use that and then you can just like just dive into research you know like i follow certain people like you know like bodybuilding.com like they always throw up like you know articles about you know like what creatine does to your body what caffeine does to your body and all that kind of stuff so i love learning more about that and like you know citrulline malate which is like a new one well, it's not really new, but like, I love like reading about that. Cause it's like, that like makes your veins go from this to this with the right amount of servings. And like, you just get a really good, you know, more out of your workouts, you know, which is great. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're like my main ones basically. Hmm. And do you, do you follow any routines? So do you have like a particular morning routine or do you have an evening routine? Uh, do you follow any routines? Um, no, I mean, I try not to eat as late, you know, like I am like a late eater to begin with, like eat around like eight o'clock at night sometimes, which mm. is like some people are like, oh, that's really late. Um, no, it's like, you know, I'll wake up, I have a bowl of cereal. I love the Weetabix minis, the chocolate minis. So I'll only have like a bowl of them. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, it depends. It's, you know, it's like, I always have like, I try to get protein in the morning about like, um, at least 30 grams of protein in the morning. I don't have to sneeze. No. Okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah no it, it all depends you know it all changes you know like depending on like where you are and like you know if you get sick of cereal you get sick of cereal you get sick of eggs i mean you can be egged out as well um so it's like yeah i really don't really have like a, it's like somewhat of a routine you know it's not really like this is what i had every single day mm. you know like, it's like i like to change it up because if you change it up you know it's good to change it up because your body actually gets into your routine. So it's like for training phases, right? So we do about like a four week training phase and we do kind of the same style of training for that four weeks, but then your body gets used to it. Same thing in the gym, same thing when you eat food, your body gets used to it. If you keep eating the same thing all the time, so your body doesn't adapt to it as much as it was from the beginning. So you need to change your diet. You need to change your body to adapt to certain things for it to absorb the most out of like the nutrition or the different training um, about that, all, all about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Cause like, yeah, because you just get used to it. So you need to change it up. You need to keep your body guessing. So changing the vegetables, changing like, you know, the certain proteins. So having like, you know, red meat twice a week will change it because it has better iron in it and all that stuff. You know, like the, the chicken will also have like, you know, that's a lot leaner, even like the shrimp, that's a lot leaner. But then you also have, I'll have some salmon as well, which like that has like the good omega threes good you know fatty acids in it so it's just like you know just changing it up making sure your body's like you know you know doing what it needs to be doing and all that stuff so yeah hmm. and okay so you're you're 26 years of age and you know you're a professional swimmer um what are the steps you took to get to this position oh man there's so many steps i've been through so much <laughs> um no, it's just like, you know, one big thing I always tell, like when I do some clinics or, you know, give little speeches, it's like, you know, the reason why like professional athletes and professional, like, you know, people are doing so well, like we focus only on the little things. If you focus on the little things and get those little things right, there's always going to be another little thing you need to work on, right? But then you move on, you keep ticking, you keep ticking, you keep ticking, but you keep working on those little things that will end eventually add up to that big thing that you're trying to work towards, you know? So making sure you focus on the little things, doing the stupid little techniques or drills that, you know, are basic, but making sure you capitalize on them and then moving on to the next thing, moving on to the next thing and always keeping your mind thinking. That's the main thing. That's, that's why I, where I'm at today. That's why Michael Phelps is the best at what he does because he does the little things. That's why you have like the big CEO hedge fund guys. Like they focus on the little things and they take risks. They do certain things that they need to do to adapt and like, you know, and overcome. Um, and that's, that's, that's basically what I do. You know, the, I do take risks, you know, I try to like lift heavier or I try to do different events just to put my body in a different position, even though like it might make me throw up after an event, but like, it is what it is. But like, my body is like a more attuned to that now. And like, it knows what it is. And I put myself in an uncomfortable position to be comfortable in the, in the future and then in the long run. I absolutely love what you said about the one, like increasing your, you know, like getting better like in small little improvements and like i was reading this book recently it's called atomic habits habits by james clear and at the beginning of the book he mentions you know the british cycling team and they were doing very very poorly until the year 2003 and in 2003 they hired a performance coach and his name was dave Bresford, i think and he basically basically up until from 1908 to 2003 the British Olympic team only won a single gold medal in the Olympics. And in 110 years, they haven't won a single... Oh, no, they, they won only one event in Tour de France, I think. So this new coach comes in and he started doing these little things like 
increasing things by 1%. So he increased, you know, the different types of massages that athletes do. Then he changed the pillowcases, you know, which one is the most comfortable and so on. Then he even uh, hired a surgeon, I think, to teach him how, how to hand wash properly. And basically, like, the team progressed like 1% at a time and they eventually, you know, got huge results out of that. So yeah. I'm curious to know, like, what, what are the, what's the 1% of the things that you do um, to improve your performance? It all depends, you know. I mean, it's it's going to be different for everyone on what they're trying to achieve, you know. It's like, you know, for for me, it's about, you know, making sure that, like, I'm keeping my shoulders back, just making, like, on, on one set, you know, it can mm. be changing. Or if I'm, like, swimming and just warming up, if, like, I don't feel like my stroke's right, I'll change it from, like, either having my hand this way or this way or a higher elbow entry, like I'm always playing around um, or it's just like doing something different. Like you said, like, you know, like change getting like that military guy in and, you know, showing them how to wash their hands. It's like just something completely abstract, but it has something that's somehow connected to what you're doing. You know, it can be something completely absurd and where it takes your mind away from it. And then you get obsessed with that one thing and then you try doing it and doing it and doing it. But then you kind of get into that routine or that mindset and then you go back to the thing and still have that routine and mindset to what you're used to doing. You're going to you're going to view that a bit different. You know, it's just how like psychology works and how your brain works. It's like you're just going to view it completely different. Um, but for me, it's like, you know, like I'll just do like, you know, I'm supposed to do 45 minutes on the bike today, but like I'm going to do 60 minutes regardless because like I just like to do that little extra 15 minutes in there just so I know I can walk away. Like I, I got that little bit more in, but like <laughs> it's not going to affect me in the long run, but like it's still like going to help me be mentally sound. But, like I put that little bit of extra work in there. So on those days do come, like I said earlier, it's like where you like you just you're, you're going to have days where you're just going to feel like shit. You're going to feel like nothing. You're just, I can be like, all right, well, I did that little extra. Like I can kind of just relax for the half the day or take this, take this off. But like, I know I put that work in, but I need to listen to my body and listen to my mind, you know? Mm. And then, you know, before the whole coronavirus situation happened, um, what did your typical day look like in terms of training, in terms of your, yeah, your day-to-day life? What did it usually so, look like? I was like training about 30 hours a week you know, with everything. So mm-hmm. it's like gym, you know, like we we're swimming on, on Monday, right? We're swimming in the morning and then we have a lift and then we have a swim Tuesday. We have a swim in the morning. Um, and then on Wednesday we are swimming and then we're also lifting. Um, and then Friday or then, uh, Thursday we're swimming in the morning or having off in the morning depends on where you are in the stage. And then you're swimming in the afternoon, Friday, you're swimming in the morning and then you're lifting and then you're swimming again. And then on Saturday you're swimming. And that's not including physio um, either or showing up on time um, like, like, you know, 15 minutes before or staying after 10, 15 minutes after as well um, for, you know, like just stretching out, making sure you're doing a little bit of recovery. Um, so it's about like, you know, just that alone is just adding up to about 30 hours a week. So it's a full-time job. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And, you know, let's just say on a on a Thursday, um, what time would you wake up at? What time would you go to bed at? Um, how long do you spend in the water? How long do you spend lifting? And Yeah, yeah so the lifts are usually about an hour and a half for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a bit different. Like I'm like, on, like I'm a pure sprinter. So like a power is really big for me. Um, so it's usually about two hours to an hour and a half in the water every time. Lifting, it's about an hour and a half as well. Um, and then we show up on deck poolside. We have to be there 15 minutes before, um, or we get, we don't get in the water, which is quite nice. Um, and then, 
Um, yeah, it's really about it. But then it's also nutrition as well, depending on like, if you're really like, you know, sore, if your shoulders messed up, you go into the physio twice a week as well. <coughs> uh, excuse me. There's that sneeze. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah. So like, that's, that's basically it. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a lot, but when I'm explaining, it's like, oh yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> And do you practice any visualization? Because I know Michael Phelps, um, he, in 2008, his goggles filled up with goggles and he couldn't see during the butterfly. And he ended up winning the race. And I think in the one of the interviews, he said that he practiced visualization and he knew exactly how much strokes he needs to do in order to, like, even if that scenario happens, he knew how to deal with it. And that happened in yeah. 2008 Olympics and he won the race. So I'm just curious to know, do you practice uh, visualization or anything like that? Yeah, no, I do. I definitely do. Because I ended up like, um, you know, I traveled like one year after when I graduated from Penn State University in December 2017. I moved four times in one year. Wow. I moved from Penn State to Auburn, Alabama, which I drove 18 hours to go down to Auburn, Alabama from Penn State. And then a couple months later, I moved up to Virginia Tech to follow a coach. And that was like a 12-hour drive. And then from Virginia Tech, I moved to Ireland. So, yeah, it was a little crazy that year, but there are, I followed this guy named Sergio Lopez, amazing coach, but he's very good at, you know, visualization and the feel of the water. So we would like, you know, go down underwater where we can't hear anything. Like you can hear your own heartbeat mm. and you just close your eyes and you just visualize yourself swimming, you know, and like, you know, we would do four laps, 425s. Um, and, you know, we would just kind of build each lap, you know, we would go down, visualize, close our eyes. And then like, you know, we would get up and then we would push off the wall and close our eyes. And sometimes depending on what we're trying to achieve and just feel the stroke, like visualize the swim. And then each one we would do it again, go down underwater and then also visualize again and then push off the wall and then do it again. You know, like, so I know how many kicks it gets me to like 15 meters. And then I know how many strokes it gets me to like, you know, depending on what it is. Um, two to 25 meters or something like that so yeah like visualization is very very key but it's also like you know it's part of the sport you have to be the student of the sport you need to know how many laps your arms you're taking or how many like like you know if you're really tired i'm going to be taking 27 strokes for a 50 instead of 25 strokes you know like depending on like and what stroke rate you know and what i'm trying to achieve so yeah, you have to be, I do do visualization. I always try to like, you know, do some deep breathing, just kind of like meditate, get my mind right. Um, and then like right before I'm about to race, like right on the block, I take deep three deep breaths. And like, you know, I just kind of repeat to myself, like, I got this, I got this, I got this. And just like go and have fun. Like that's the main thing about swim meets. You know, you just have to go out there. You got to have fun and you got to have like, you know, all, all the like the better swimmers all have a competitive side. So like that's going to come out regardless, but like you've done the hard work. This is the time for it to show. You just go out there, have fun, give it everything you got and then see where you end up. Wow. And when you're on the deck and you're about to dive into the water for in the Olympics, um, what are the few things that you talk, like mentioned to yourself? What, what do you say to yourself just before that moment? And what do you say to yourself during the race as well? If, if that's a thing even. During the race, I'm like, don't die. <laughs> don't die, don't die, don't die. Um, but like, no, it was crazy. It's because, you know, I was like, I made the semifinal and there's only like, all I know is like maybe, was it two people that I know from Ireland that's ever made it? So like I'm one wow. of the ones. Um, 
So it's like, I remember walking out to the semifinals and I was just like, oh shit, like this is pretty cool. Like <laughs> not only that, like, you know, the stadium could hold 50,000, but like millions and millions of people around the world are watching me like swim right now. I didn't really swim too great at the semifinal. I was like up all day. It was a weird time. So like the first swim was like at 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And then like I was racing at like 1130 at night or 12 o'clock at night. At, in Rio, it was like just because of TV and all that stuff. Uh, so that was a bit, that was a bit wild. Um, but yeah, no, it was a bit, it was really cool. But like, you know, Olympics, like all the nerves are just like going, no matter what, it's Olympics. It's like, you know, it's Olympics. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I've been there, I've done that. So now it's like the next one I already, I'm already like well, well prepared. Um, even, you know, I've been to worlds, I've been to short course worlds, I've meddled at worlds, I'm meddling at Europeans. I'm a little bit better now at, you know, kind of containing myself, but like whoever says like, if you don't get nervous, like behind, like, Oh, it's like, Oh, I don't get nervous before I race or perform. Like you're talking shit, man. Like <laughs> everyone gets nervous. Like if you're not nervous, there's something wrong with you. Um, I get nervous even racing at a little Leinster meet against like 14 year old kids. I still get nervous just because it's like, you never know what you're going to pop off. You know, it's just an opportunity to, to learn more about yourself, learn more about, you know, what you can do and like in the, like in the, like unstressful environment. Um, and it's just like, it's just fun. Like I just love racing cause you never know what's going to happen, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I try to use the nerves the best I can, you know, people do it differently. People sit there and like had their foot just like going crazy. I'm the type of guy who's just there enjoying it, having fun talking to some people that are back there. Um, cause like you get to know the guys that you're racing and, you know, and competing. So you kind of just bullshit with them before you race. But once we step up behind the block, it's all, it's game time. Hmm. And what about during the race? So when you're actually, when you're actually swimming, um, what do you think about there? Or just, are you just completely focused on what you're doing? Yeah. We'll just focus, you know, like I'm just like, either if I'm like an inch away from the wall or farther away from the wall, like I was this past year, like it threw me off. I'm like, oh shit. Like that's going to mess me up a little bit. I'm going to miss out on like. 0.2 of a second because hmm. um, it's, it's just like my shoulder has been really a big issue lately and I'm not getting enough power out of it so just from that power output I'm not getting close as I should be to the wall so I'm a little bit farther out um, but like I, I can realize doing that but it's just like you just go for it you just race do what you do um, you don't really think too much because like my races are either 40 like 40 49 to 50 seconds or 22 seconds to 21 seconds so it's like not that much time to think wow that, th those are those are very very cool times because like i used to do swimming for like two years as well and just you mentioned those times I'm like wow what, what was i doing <laughs> what, what, what events did you use to swim oh um i only did it for two years but i was mainly in uh, breaststroke was probably my my best one and then butterfly but yeah i, I wasn't that good um yeah. and i'm curious to know what was your favorite moment in terms of all the races you've ever done so the olympics the world championships uh what has been your favorite moment so one of my favorite moments was when um i was in rio and i was walking out for my semi-final and my family was there um which is great and you know i was just like walking out and like all i know is like you know i had my friend john there which is great. Um, who came down to see me, my friend Pat and my friend Justin, those, those three, like, so I had three friends there. That was awesome. And then plus my brother, sister, my mom and dad. So like, you know, it's a big stadium and they're pretty high up and, you know, I'm walking out to the semifinal 
And all of a sudden I just hear like, let's go Shaney boy. And like, that's what my mom says. Like every time before about the race, I'm like surprised I heard her because there were so many people and you know, like she is loud. Like she's a very loud person. Like when you <laughs> just talk to her, she's like shouting for normal people, but that's just like growing up like in a big Irish, like, you know, house with eight other brothers and sisters, you know, and it's like, then also on my dad's side, it's a big Irish family there. So you have to scream basically to get your, to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but then somehow she got about a hundred Brazilians or so this <laughs> cheer for me and like, let's go Shaney boy. And I'm just like, turn around. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> That's like one of the best moments like I've ever experienced. Like, you know, with like that, um, you know, like that was, that was, that was a good one. And then like the other one was like to see the tricolor flag being raised, um, at worlds, you know, it was the first world medal, you know, that, that was like also, it was like the ninth fastest time ever swum in history as well. So that was, that was really cool. Wow. No, that's, that's amazing. I'm I'm just getting goosebumps as you, as you, as you talk about these things. Yeah. And Pretty when, cool. <laughs> when it comes to training, uh, what do you think are the biggest waste of time um, in regards to training? Like what, what are the activities or methods that don't really produce much results, but a lot of swimmers do anyways? Oh, I don't know. If that comes to For mind. Me, it's like, I don't really do anything. Like I do Like if like my coach tells me to do something, it's like where I'm like, Hmm, I don't know if we should do it. Like I'm like the type of guy you need a question. You need to challenge your coach. You need to challenge <laughs> your boss or whatever you need to do because it's like, but you have to approach them in the right way. Um, I always challenge them. I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, let me understand why are we doing this? Because it's like, I want to know why. And then once you give me a good reason, I'm going to give you 110%. You know, like I'm not going to half-ass things. It's like, um, but no, like everything with swimming, it's like it, there's a purpose on what you're doing. Mm. Like we only have a certain amount of time. So we're not bullshitting around. We're not like wasting time. There's always a purpose to it. Um, the only thing that's going to get you down is a bad attitude or a bad way of looking at things. That's the only thing that's, that's a waste of time. You know, and like I've, I've, I've been kicked out of practice because I've had a bad attitude. Um, you know, multiple, everyone's had, who had, who has ever had a bad attitude has probably gotten kicked out before, but you learn from it. If you feel gutted afterwards, when you do, you're like, Oh shit. Like, that's awful. I, I don't think I've ever, like, I shouldn't have done that. And then like, then you regret that, you know, and then you come back and you work h- even harder. So you just have that mentality. So like the worst thing that swimmers can do or anyone that can do is just having a bad attitude, you know, like just like, yeah, ask them, ask them why. Cause a lot of younger swimmers and a lot of like, you know, depending on what you're doing, they're afraid to ask them why, because it's like, they're your coach or they're your boss. Like they're there to help you. They're there for a reason challenge them ask them why are we doing this? Like, help me better understand this. Help me better understand you and where your mindset's coming out and why are we doing this? Um, you know, like I had, like, I had to sit down with my coach um, after Worlds where I had one of the worst meets of my entire life and it was the first time to qualify for the Olympics where I, I'm like, what happened? Like, I did everything to a T. Like, why? Like, I didn't really ask that many questions because I just wanted to follow everything you gave me. I did to a T. Followed the nutritionist, did everything right didn't didn't really drink didn't like everything like everything was good why did i swim slow and you know i didn't ask enough questions i had to put that a little bit on myself because i just didn't ask enough questions why are we doing this i don't think we should be doing this i think we should be doing this because he doesn't know my body like i do you know and um you had so like after like that in september i started like seeing huge improvements in my nutrition Mm. my speed my strength because i had more saying what i needed to do i had 
I have so much experience with racing um, and everything else and the different aspects. I've been through so many different coaches. I've been through so many different, you know, been through the high school, the college, um, like it was even part of the US, um, USA national team for two years as well. Um, so I even had that experience there. And then coming over here and now having the European experience and going through all the like, I'm way more mature. I have a lot more experience than a lot of Irish guys on the team because they don't have any of that experience with the college and the racing and, you know, going through like lifting the certain with different coaches and different mindsets of different coaches. So that's why you need to challenge your coach and ask them and understand what they're thinking. And so you can better yourself as well. Hmm. Yeah. And when you look at younger swimmers, um, let's just say beginner, intermediate, or even advanced swimmers, um, what advice would you give them? What are the common mistakes that you see these swimmers doing? Um, it's like sometimes like you'll get a lot of the younger guys here. It's like they're all focused on like, you know, being big and being strong mm. and like, you know, mainly focusing on like lifting. It's like, it's not that like get your technique down first. I was a skinny when I was in high school, I was like six, four, probably about like 69 kg or 72 kg. So I was like a toothpick. But the reason why I was so fast was because my technique was on point. Mm. If you get your technique down early, if you get that down early, that's going to improve. You're going to improve every single year. Cause like the strength's going to come regardless. And you're going to get into all that. So focus on the technique, focus on the little things, and then you'll be good because the power will come. Because I didn't lift until I was in college Hmm. when I was 18 years old, 18, 19 years old. And I went from a 56.2 in 2012 and then only eight months at college and doing doubles. First time ever doing doubles, first time ever lifting. I go 53.8. That put me 11th in the world. And also made like the U.S. national team. And yeah, like that's almost three seconds. And that's just from focusing on the little things, um, asking your, asking questions and just focusing on the techniques of power came eventually. So like being like 500th in the world a year, like only eight months before to being 11th in the world the following year. You know, it's like even in the 50 back, like I even beat Matt Reavers, who was a year before that, like an old medalist. You know, so it's like, it's crazy on how like, you know, focusing on the little things, doing what you need to do for yourself. And then literally just like allowing the power and the natural ability for you to become stronger, come naturally. And then everything will fall into place. So you're 11th in the world um, in terms of your your time. Yeah, I was uh, 11th in the world in the 100 backstroke when I was 18. And then I was ninth in the world for the 50 back. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Um, and you know, you mentioned techniques, um, that people should focus on techniques, uh, while you're, while they're young and really get that down. But, um, how do you do that? How do you improve your technique? How do you know if you're doing it wrong? Um, because maybe your coach doesn't recognize it because there's a big group of people there and your coach doesn't necessarily, you know, see that you, yeah. you have bad techniques. So how do you notice that yeah, yourself? Of course. So like the main thing for me is, you know, like I said earlier, you have to be the student of your own sport, looking up videos, looking what like the other guys are doing. Cause it's like, even with me right now, like I'll look at guys that might not be, I know I'm faster, but I'm still looking at their techniques, seeing what are they doing? And even 
you know, different techniques, certain drills, and just looking up YouTube videos. That's what I used to do. I used to watch this guy named Aaron Pearsall. He has the world record in the 200 backstroke. He had the world record in the 100 backstroke, which is very, very fast still. Um, just looking up videos of what they're doing and what certain drills are doing. Um, and then if you start going to meets, like look at them, what they're doing, what their coaches are doing, because I know some, a lot of coaches can be unexperienced and not know what they're doing. They think they can be taught one way and they can be very stubborn and teach that way. But that's like a 30 year old method of teaching someone. Mm. So get either your coach or your friend to film you. And then just to have that to have a, as a reference, and go back and like go look at other videos of certain people like there's so many different things on like on youtube now underwater film um like everything like where you can go back and just like like analyze yourself go like all right this is what i'm doing now what am i doing am i doing this exactly the right way or does it look like the way what am i supposed to be feeling all that kind of stuff um but i think that's the best way if you have like a coach that's really not really too experienced or don't, don't really know what's going on or have a bad, just in general, just a bad co coach. Cause there are coaches like that. Um, but yeah, you just have to be, you have to be on top of yourself. You have to make sure that you're doing what you the best you can be. If you want to be the greatest. Yeah. And I, I love the thing I love about that as well is you're, you know, you're completely responsible for what you do. So if you're successful, you're oh, yeah. responsible. If you're not successful, you're responsible. So I love yeah. what you said, you know, you have to take control of your own learning, your own um, experience and so on. So I think, yeah, hundred percent. It's like I always tell the kids it's um when I explain a set to them, I always try to like, you know, like if I'm at a clinic, I'm like, all right, so say if I don't know how to do butterfly, mm. what are the what are the first things for me to go through? Because like I can tell them as much as that I can just talk, talk, talk. But if they're not retaining it, if they don't explain it back to me, if I don't make them think about it, I'm like, all right, teach me how to do butterfly. I don't know how to do butterfly. What's the first aspect of butterfly? And then I'm I go around and I yeah, like get the kids to recite back to me what are the key opponents of butterfly you know and then we then we go down and we focus it on that um but i always tell them like you know the best coach you're ever going to have is yourself because someone can tell you like i can be the best like somewhere in the world and i can tell these kids like okay like this is what you need to be doing but if they don't retain that and if they don't go back to themselves and be like okay i'm going to try to do this then that's pointless. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of their time if they're not going to retain it and if they're not going to use it. So the best coach you're going to have is yourself because it's like, like I said, you need to, you just need to do what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely love that. And what's in your swim bag? What, what's a, what do you carry in your own swim bag? Yeah. Well, a couple snacks, caffeine, uh, two, two or three racing suits, two or three, uh, like, you know, practice suits, about four pairs of goggles, a couple of different caps, towel, um, pre-workout. That's really it. And then like, you know, either like this, like a, this Theragun thing I have, like it massages you. Oh, the massage, yeah. Or like a foam roller. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really it. Hmm. And like, just looking back over your, your, your years in training and so on, what have been like the biggest things that have helped you, you know, get to the next level? If like, so I guess like, what are the, is there any like habits or routines that have helped you, you know, develop yourself to a higher standard? Um, it's just like the willingness to like, you know, be competitive. Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely it. Um, definitely perseverance as well, you know, cause I've been through a lot, you know, my freshman year, I was like about to quit swimming completely. You know, I had like my grandfather, my, well, my uncle passed away. 
And then a month later, my grandfather passed away. And then my grades weren't good at all in college. And there's a certain level where you have to get like above C's, um, above 70% um, to pass, like to, to be eligible to swim at school, became completely uneligible. Um, so I was literally couldn't swim for Penn State then. And I was like, all right, are they going to cut me? Are they going to kick me out of school? just dealing with death for the first time, like, you know, big, big, like we were very, very close to my uncle, very, very close to my grandfather. And then like also being away from my family for the first time. But, you know, gave myself really, I was like rock bottom, gave myself a reality check. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to go through this. Like that's what that is, what it is. How can I get better? So I started asking for help and, you know, got my life back on track and moved on. So it's just like, you know, the perseverance through that um, being who I am, you know, it's like, I'm good at taking a step back and focusing on, what needs to be done first and then moving on to the, you know, making sure I get everything, get everything done. Um, and just making sure I'm putting myself first. That's like, that's the main thing. Cause if you put yourself first, everything else will fall in line. Hmm. And, you know, um, I'm curious also to ask you this. So a lot of people want to be Olympians. A lot of people want to, you know, do partake in the Olympics. And I'm just curious to know, like, what are the challenges that come with it? Like, what are the challenges that come with being an Olympian, with being a professional swimmer, and just dedicating your whole life to that? Yeah, it's um, it's definitely sacrifice. That's like that's the main thing. A lot of people aren't really willing to sacrifice because I know in college or right before college, you know, all my friends are out and partying and stuff like that. Like in high school and then going to college, it's like I wasn't able to be with my friends. You know, I have a big group of friends like in the states. Um, about like a group, big group, like 17 of them. And, you know, I haven't seen them, you know, and like, you know, I had to leave my family, you know, I had to leave like my mom and dad at home. Um, so basically I've been on my own since I was 18 years old. Um, like I'm very self-efficient. Don't never ask them for money. You know, I always try to provide, provide for myself. I'm very creative, but it's a lot of sacrifice. Cause like, like I said, like I'm living by myself, you know, I could have went back to the States, but then I didn't know when I was going to be able to be back in the water, but I'd rather be here being ready to go, being ready for my country, being ready for my coach. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a lot of sacrifice you're going to have to make. Cause you know, don't, I don't really have friends here. You know, it's like all I have are like just my teammates. And then, you know, it's hard for me to go out and make friends because it's just my schedule um, being away from my family, even though like they are like, you know, I have family here in Ireland, but they're an hour away, you know, um, so I only could really get to get, go down on the weekends, hmm. some weekends, it's just, I'm either wrecked from training or I have a competition. So I haven't been able to go down to see them that often. Um, you know, and just a diligence, you know, cause like you're going to have bad days. A lot of people are kind of give up after a few hard days or a hard time. It's just making sure that you have to stay on track. You know, you have to be able to sacrifice and be strong enough to go through. And that's why we are Olympians. That's why I'm an Olympian because of the sacrifice, the diligence I have and the perseverance. Hmm. And how do you know if being an Olympian is for you? So let's just say there's some 16 year old out there who wants to be an Olympian. How do you know if it's actually for you? That's it. If you want to be an Olympian, try to achieve it. And if you can't achieve it, that's fine. But you know, you that's no, that's lost. You know, like look at everything you've done to achieve that, you know, it doesn't matter if you fully achieved, if you're working towards a goal and if you don't achieve it, look at all the work you've done, you know, like that's the main thing. It's like you put, you had a mindset in play and you achieved so much just to get to that point. And sometimes it's even I've experienced that in my life where I haven't been able to go to certain meets, you know, and like I've like screwed up a lot in my life as well, but I learned from it. But like, look at all the things I've done Mm. and what I did. 
but like that's still not lost. Or even like, you know, my last season at uh, before short or before long course worlds, I was able to qualify for the Olympics. And I swam, it was the worst meet in my entire life. I'll give you an example. Like I was at worlds in, in like, you know, and like during the summer and then the first meet back long course where I lifted the day before and I was completely wrecked. I was actually faster there and not rested, not shaved than I was at worlds. Oh my God. So that's crazy. Like I ended up being like first in the world in the 50 back, the hundred wow. back was like crazy good, like much faster than I was there at a meet that I wasn't rested for or anything. I ran a meet in January and I'm popping off times faster than I was at worlds. But like all that hard training, all the me being heavy like that, I learned from that. Like all that training is not lost. All that nutrition that I've been through and all the heavy weight mentally, I know how to get through that. I know that it did not work for me. And like, that's okay, but I learned from it. Life still goes on. And yeah, it might not have like, you know, might not have helped you then, but like, it's going to help you on later on, you know? So you just don't quit no matter what you keep going, you keep pushing and that's your goal. That's where you're going. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And it's regardless of where you go. Cause like, you know, you could just want to be Olympian one day and like, you know, you get to the point where, you know, you either become an Olympian or you don't, but it, you could realize something else about yourself. You know, you could through that, all that hardship, you could realize I'm a different person than I was six months ago or a year ago, or four years ago. I'm going to try to go achieve something else. You know, there's, it's a never ending list. It's a never ending cycle of like just trying to achieve a little bit more. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Cause I wanted to ask that because I think a lot of people like, 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 you know, when you, I, I like want to do a certain career, you always think that's it. You know, it's all just, it's all just fun and games. I'm going to have a great life every single day, but there's a lot of challenges that are, that are involved with every single career out there. So I just wanted to get your perspective on that. And what yeah. about what about your favorite part uh, about being an Olympian? What's your what's your favorite part about it? I mean, like I'm an Olympian for the rest of my life. You know, there's not that many people out there that can say they're Olympians. Yeah. You know, I have like you know, like a doctor. They have like the uh, like you know, like the doctor and like the MR at the end of their name or whatever. Like I have an O L Y now at the end of my name, and I can put that everywhere. And people are like, "Oh, what is that?" It's like, "Well, I'm an Olympian." Now I work for that. I sacrificed for that. Um, like that's my life, life work right there. And like, I didn't know that until I was 18. Like I didn't really, really have a chance. Like didn't really start thinking about being an Olympian until I was like 20, 21 years old. And then I made the change, like to come on over to Ireland and everything. So it's like, you never know, like, like I was, like I've been saying, but, um, yeah. And just like, you know, being like, you know, being able to like represent your country, you know, with pride and like, you know, not only if you like, there's, you should never have doubt when you're up behind the block, but like, sometimes if you do have doubt, be like, you know what, like I'm doing this for my country. Like I can definitely do this, you know, and it always makes me, I'm so, so proud, like just to see the tricolor flag being raised up or even like being coming across my name on the board. So like, that's like, that's some of my best stuff right there. Hmm. And you know, when it comes to uh, like performing at such a high level, uh, what about like performance, uh, performance drugs or whatever they're called? Um, what does the whole process look like there? Um, do you like get For... tested every single day or like what's the oh doping wise? Yeah, doping wise. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, that's the name. I'm so for us, we have to be very, very careful with what we take. So that's pre-workout, that's whey protein, or everything that we like ingest, like food. Like we have to, we even have to watch out for food because, like, when I won world or won the medal in um, in 2018, we were in China, Hangzhou, China. Like, we couldn't eat the meat 
outside. Like we couldn't go out to like, you know, get dumplings. We couldn't go out and eat because they have certain chemicals. They have a steroid in all the meats. No way. Mm. Providence. So we only could eat in the hotel and that's it. Um, so we have to be very careful with that. Everything has to be batch tested. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, everything has to be batch tested. It has to have like this little info choice, like check mark or a batch certificate number. Um, you know, so it's like we have to be very, very careful because like they could like if they say it could be clean, but then like to, a barrel beforehand could have had something in it or a barrel like a couple barrels back or in the facility could just like the debris or anything could get into like, you know, the mixture of that thing. So, I mean, I get blood tested and piss tested. Um, as of right now, we ain't, we're not be able to be able to get tested as of right now, but like beforehand, like I would get drug tested all the time, like all the time. Like in college I had big 10 because that was my conference. Um, I had Penn state because that my, that was my school. I had NCAA. Um, and then I also had FINA and some Ireland. So I had five entities that were able to test me and they did. And they did. So like, you know, they have to do this thing called the whereabouts form. So they know where you are at all times. Hmm. They know where you're training, the address of where you're training and what times you're training, where you're going to be home, when you're going to be home. Um, like if you're going to meet, where's the hotel at, what time you're training at, everything. So they need to know where you are at all times. Um, and then, yeah, it's just that you have to be very, very cautious with like, you know, certain like multivitamins and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just nuts. But like, you know, there are people that are cheats out there, like this guy named Song Yang who smashed a vial of blood because like with a hammer after he, he gave it because he didn't show right. Like, like he's been, he's got done before he's gotten done for drug testing. He punched a Brazilian girl that I know in the face at dormant oh warmups because she bumped into him by accident. Like it's a, it's a warmup pool. Like that's going to happen. Hmm. So, and like, this guy's like six, six, like a big dude. And he punched a little Brazilian girl um in the warm down pool and then he got and then that happened like you know at worlds in 2019 people weren't standing on the podium with him and like he was saying like no you're the loser you're the loser all this stuff like and meanwhile like i gave praise this guy duncan scott and matt horton for not stepping up on the block or on the podium they stood down gave the silent treatment they took the verbal abuse and even when they were standing like to try to get pictures they stepped aside or walked away and didn't want anything to do with the drug cheat so we take that very, very serious. And like it, it, there is a performance enhancing and it does affect swimming for sure. And now that guy has like a 10 year band because of it. Wow. And then yeah. like, and also Russia, Russia got banned from the Olympics oh, yeah. because of that as well. Yeah. It's... Which they banned, you know, in 2016, like we didn't see the Russians at all. Like mm. you could not find the Russians at all. And they're a big team. They're a really good team. Um, and I know a couple of them too. Um, and the crazy thing is, even though they were at the Olympics, we didn't see them a day before the meet started. Day before they got cleared, and like the whole Russian teams were able to compete in the Olympics, but then they they could the Paralympics couldn't compete. Then like that doesn't like, that doesn't make sense. Like mm. if the people that should be like they're going if they're going to take drugs are the people that are like impaired. <laughs> like like that's like just very messed up. Um, I think they should be completely banned. Um, because of the whole thing, everything that's came out. Um, but then also it's like, there are athletes that are clean and it's unfair, yeah. you know, and they can't get away from that. So it's just a very hard, hard way of looking at it. And like, I know a couple of my, like my friends that are Russian, like they are clean. Um, but like, it's just really hard for, you know, them to be part of that country and like be part of all that. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of drug cheats. 
really really I'm not it's just it does you can see it because like you'll see one guy like had this time all through the season and all right like in a very low where everyone's training really high they just pop off a random time you're just like how how can that be possible at like right now and it's because of drugs mm. and like does the whole process of testing annoy you sometimes because like i could only imagine they come in during a training session and they're like oh we need to get tested does that happen yes. then? yeah yeah so like that definitely happens for me um there's like a 60 minute mandatory time where you have to be and if you are not there oh really <laughs> you are you're getting you're 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 getting in big trouble like you're going to get a ban or or like a huge fine but it's mostly a ban um i have mine at like five o'clock in the morning so i get tested at five o'clock in the morning but i put it there people say like why do you do that like that's crazy it's like the reason why i do that i had to get up for practice early in the morning anyway mm. and either the best thing is it's like you get woken up by them and you're in such a panic you go right downstairs to the door see who it is but you know it's drug testers you always have to pee in the morning so it's like you always have to pee and if you have to do the blood you can get those out and you can get it done in 30 minutes and then you can either go back to bed or you just go to practice and stay up and go to practice. And that's it. Yeah. I think it's smart. And it's also like, you'll always know where you're going to be at five o'clock in the morning in your own bed. So instead of like being out in the afternoon, like you could be out like getting groceries at practice. You just don't want to be getting disrupted during practice. Even if you're during a hard set, like, cause like, sometimes you just won't be able to pee for an hour. And I definitely had that happen before. I've never had to pee before. And I'm sitting there for two hours, you know? So, and like, if you drink too much water, it's too diluted and then they can't read it. And then it's not acceptable. Um, then it's not an acceptable drug test then. Hmm. So it's like it, a lot of it comes into play, but yeah, I mean, it is annoying, but I mean, it's part of the job. I mean, if you're getting drug tested, it means you're, you're swimming fast and you're doing well, you know, like they're, they're worried, like they're, they have an eye on you because you're doing well, which is good. Yeah. That's how I see it. Very optimistic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good mindset shift right there. So if you're getting tested, it means you're good. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Love it>. Yeah. <laughs> and you you also have dual citizenship, so you're American yeah. and, and Irish. Um and mm -hmm. you chose to represent Ireland in the 2016 Olympics. And um, do you continue do you plan on doing that in the future or what's the plan there? Yeah, no. I mean, it's 2016 I moved over here and I lived here for like almost 2 years in 2015 16. Um, and then I've been living here for over a year now again. Um, yeah, no, it's just like, I don't plan on everything's been working out. I love this country. This is my country. Mm. Uh, I have four medals for them. Like, you know, like this is this from Ireland has given me absolutely amazing opportunities to travel the world, meet new friends, new connections. Um, I have no yeah, I'm not going back to anywhere else. I'm staying here. They're, they're stuck with me. <laughs> love it. And um, do you have any like goals that you're aspiring to achieve? Like what, are, what, do you have any targets for yourself? Um, what, like what's next for you? What are you, what are you um, aiming towards? It's just mainly it's just to stay in shape, stay in mental shape through this hard time, you know, and that's everyone's, you know, um, but no, it's just like, you know, just to, just to be there for my teammates more, you know, be there for my teammates, try to inspire my teammates more. Um, I'm trying right now, I'm trying to get all my like clearances and like, you know, for being able to go out into Ireland and teach kids more on the professional side of swimming and teach them. Cause it's like, they don't have that here. They, like there's a company that anytime I'm go home, like back to the States for mm. it's called a uh, fitter and faster swim clinics. And they travel all around the country. Um, and they teach kids how to swim, but like I bring in my medals, I inspire these kids and like, it's different from a coach telling them to an actual professional swimmer or an Olympian or a guy who can hold up world medals and show them like, this is what you could achieve. If you listen, listen to me, 
you know, and I'm very like, I love like engaging with the kids, make it fun, um, go around the country and do swim clinics around the country. I definitely want to start my own business and do that because I think that's definitely a, a market I can attack and definitely, I, I just like love sharing my knowledge because I have so much to give and I want to see the future of Ireland become better and better and better and because like, we're such a strong country and we're such a proud country and we need to see the tricolor flag being raised more. Um, so I'm just going to try to be inspire younger kids, younger generations just to swim longer and faster. Love it. And is that is that your ultimate goal after you after you retire after, from swimming? Um, like, yeah. what are you gonna work towards after after finishing your career in the swimming world? That's a career. I'm not really sure. I don't really know. I mean, like, you know, I have a, I have a degree. I have my degree from Penn State University, which is absolutely amazing. Um, my degree is very very broad. I definitely want to be doing something with sports. Hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely could coach as well because I mean that's my criteria. Like, why waste that? I mean, I could go back and coach a college team in the states or even coach a team here. Um, but I mean, it depends on where, you know, where the wind takes me really. Uh, but I definitely want to definitely do the, uh, go around the country and like, you know, do the swim clinics and like, you know, be with that, like the younger kids, get them inspired. Um, uh, because like, you know, we don't have that many Olympians here in Ireland that can do something like that, you know? So might as well do that. Yeah. I think the inspiring part is pretty cool. Cause I remember, when I was, I think, 16, uh, we got to do, as part of our swimming club, we got to sw- swim an Olympian. And I thought exp- that experience was really, really cool. So, yeah. yeah and that's what I, I do at the end. I always race all the kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I think that's I think that's, that's remarkable. Um, yeah. I guess I'll just ask you some few rapid-fire questions before we finish up. And, yeah. Yeah. So, if there was a billboard and you could display any message on that billboard, um, what message would you put up on that billboard? um i'll use it for the advertisements for my sim clinics love <laughs> okay and what's the best in- best investment you ever made so this investment might be time it might be energy it might be money just in general what's the best investment you ever made uh best investment would be paying for food i love my food so money and food perfect <laughs> when you think of the word successful who comes to mind uh michael phelps and what has been your biggest failure and what have you learned as a result of that failure um not speaking up not putting myself out there a little bit more um yeah so not speaking up not putting myself out there and not asking enough questions and what advice would you give to an inspiring olympian an inspiring olympian Mm. olympian um don't stop do don't leave any stone unturned always ask for more um and enjoy it that's the most important thing. Enjoy it as well. And Shane, the final question for you is, what is your definition of chasing passion? Chasing passion is being dedicated and risking it at all to achieve your goals. Love it. Well, just before we finish up, um, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you, if they want to ask you a question, where's a good place to go? Yeah, just uh, just hit me up on Instagram. It's uh, Shane Ryan O-L-Y. It's the same thing on Twitter as well. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions, just reach out and then I'll try to get the, try to get to you. Awesome. And yeah, just before we finish up, is there anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to mention? Anything at all? No, I just hope everyone stays safe and stays healthy. That's really about it. Thank you so much for having me. Shane, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the episode and I really hope you enjoyed it. You can find all the show notes on the website chasingpassion.ie. That is chasingpassion.ie. 
If you're looking to support the podcast in any way, I would really appreciate if you could leave a short review on Apple Podcasts. And this would literally take about 60 seconds and it will help the podcast grow in so many ways. You can find the link to Apple Podcasts in the episode description or just simply search Chasing Passion on Apple Podcasts and it should pop right up. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. It means the world to me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, just thank you so much and have a great day.